I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. This year, we mark the passing of a woman whose case has helped to change the way medical care is given in this country, though she never knew it. Leah Lee was the profoundly disabled daughter of Hmong refugees living in California. She suffered from epilepsy and had a catastrophic seizure at age four. Her family were newcomers to America and questioned the medical care doctors wanted to give their daughter, fought it even. And though Leah slipped into a vegetative state, they chose to care for her themselves at home for 26 years. Leah Lee died this August. Her story was immortalized by author Anne Fadiman in a 1997 book called The Spirit Catches You and You Fall Down. Here's the author reading from an email she received from Leah's sister after Leah passed away. Everyone was having difficulty sleeping last night. I know from my mom the house was still. No more sounds from Leah, her presence forever strong in all of our lives. But she has made such a huge impact to us and to the entire world. She has taught so many people about love, strength, courage, happiness, pain, suffering, and sorrow. Now, your book, uh, which many of our listeners, I'm sure, know, uh, The Spirit Catches You and You Fall Down, it tells Leah's story from her birth and through her medical challenges. But more crucially, it examined the clash of two cultures, Western medicine and traditional Hmong beliefs. For years, her parents and the doctors who cared for Leah fought about her care. What exactly were they fighting about? The doctors kept on changing Leah's prescriptions, uh, trying to give her optimal care. Her parents were resistant for a variety of reasons. They didn't speak English. They couldn't read. They couldn't read the prescriptions. The prescriptions were confusing. The meds were hard to administer. They tasted bad. They had side effects. But in addition to those things, they were quite ambivalent about Leah's getting any treatment at all because they viewed epilepsy as a kind of spiritually distinguished illness. They thought that Leah, like uh, many Hmong uh, with epilepsy, might grow up to be a shaman because epilepsy is viewed as a kind of an entree through its seizures into a realm that the rest of us don't have access to. And this escalated to such a point that the doctors actually obtained a court order to remove Leah from her family for about a year and put her in an American foster home so she could be given her meds exactly as prescribed. Mm. I mean, and it wasn't just two different perspectives on treatment for Leah. After she suffered brain damage, her doctors thought of her as all but dead, but her family didn't. That's right. Her doctors and other people at the hospital often, with a slip of the tongue, would say when Leah died, even while she was still alive. That is, they all viewed her as having essentially slipped into, if not a non-living realm, at least a kind of a worthless realm. But her family felt that she was very much a part of their orbit. Her birthdays continued to be celebrated. She was always in the center of the living room with her nieces and nephews crawling around her and over her. Mm. Can you explain or do you understand why Leah Lee lived for so long? I mean, the the doctors did not expect her to live much past uh, her four years of age when she had that terrible seizure. I can't give a scientific explanation, but I can give an emotional one. I think love kept Leah alive. I'm not a particularly mystical person, and I know that that sounds crazy, but I believe that being held in her mother's arms, having some sort of persistent sense and touch memory perhaps, not being abandoned in a nursing home – was what kept her alive. Her family truly loved her. They're still grieving 
hard perhaps for outsiders to understand that mm. because she was so difficult to take care of and she couldn't interact with the family in any standard ways, yet she was its gravitational center. Leah's family's challenges were kind of nicely encapsulated by one of her doctors, Neil Ernst, who treated Leah early in her life. And, and he said, in some sense, the Lees were giving up control of their child to a system that they didn't understand. Having looked at these kind of situations, how common is that experience of being totally at sea once you step into this Western medical setting for Hmong refugees? I think that the farther one gets from the sort of center of our culture, the scarier and more confusing the medical system gets. And this was one of hundreds, probably thousands of similar cases among Hmong refugees where a lack of understanding that went beyond – The words, a lack of understanding that was cultural and not linguistic, compromised the ability of the two sides to communicate and to understand each other. How much do you think Leah's life, this girl from Hmong parents and her story, changed the attitudes and practices of healthcare providers? I think it has made changes, although I wouldn't be so arrogant as to claim that this book was the only cause. I think it was part of a of of a zeitgeist in the late 90s. People were thinking about some of the problems imposed by the ways in which we care for patients, the 15-minute blocks of time. All of these things created a number of problems and many people were having some of the same ideas that I had. But the book is read in a lot of medical schools and residency programs and I would never say that this was Leah's purpose in life. Her life would have been vastly better if she had not been ill and I'd had no one to write about. But I do have to say that her life had meaning. And Fadiman, what do you hope people who are reading your book in, in medical schools and social work classes are, are taking away from Leah's story then? One lesson. They think they stand at the center of the universe, but they do not. To their patients from other countries, they seem just as exotic as those patients may seem to them. And the ability to put themselves in their patient's shoes, to see the illness from the patient's perspective, to understand that Western medicine can do many things but not all, changes relationships between providers and patients from one of coercion and compliance Mm. or noncompliance on the patient's part to one of collaboration. So – She's gone now. What about her and uh, Leah's story is most enduring for you, Anne? Well, she changed my life. Her family changed my life. Seeing how her mother raised her children changed the kind of mother that I was. Seeing the closeness of that family changed the way I dealt with my own family, the importance of grandparents, the importance of having extended family around you. I'm not sure that my husband would have proposed if he hadn't been nudged to do so by Leah's mother who dressed me up as a Hmong bride (laughs) once when he visited uh, in order to render me irresistible. She changed me in any number of personal ways, but she also has awed me with the lessons that she has for the American healthcare system. The kinds of patience and listening and humility that we don't always have, I think that she has taught any number of doctors and nurses to listen more carefully, not make assumptions, 
and to try to see things from the patient's point of view. Author Anne Fadiman chronicled the life of Leah Lee, the daughter of Hmong refugees, in The Spirit Catches You and You Fall Down. Leah Lee died in August at the age of 30. Anne, thank you very much. My pleasure, Marco. You can read an excerpt from The Spirit Catches You and You Fall Down, that and video of author Anne Fadiman, all at theworld.org.